In the history of Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures, we've yet to do an episode where we revisit an artist we've already talked about. Yeah, this is a very, uh, very big first for us. We uh, spoke on this, uh, on this artist previously as part of a duet. We'll dangle that in front of you a little bit, let you, let you guess who we're actually talking about in case you haven't read the actual episode title. But we are talking about uh, Baby Baby by Amy Grant. And previously we spoke about her uh, with the duet with uh, Peter Cetera. Happy 30-year anniversary, Baby Baby. By the time that this comes out, it might be 31 years. Yeah. But either probably, way. Probably, yeah. yeah. And so in honor of this song, we thought we would bring in somebody who was a baby baby at the time of its release. <laughs> and, and, and full circle, uh, he's a... Expecting his first? Yes, yeah. first. First child. Yeah. So well, he physically is not pregnant himself. It's not like a junior situation here. <laughs> okay. but uh, Also from the 90s. Yes. <laughs> not quite as successful. No. We would like to welcome Derek Veenhoff to our show. Thank you. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on and thanks for talking about the song. And, uh, and maybe this coincides with the birth of your son? Daughter. daughter baby. Daughter. Our baby girl. Girl dad. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. So we're anxiously anticipating that. Yes. Derek, you want to give a bit of a history of yourself, your connection to the podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm a guy from St. Catharines. Uh, used to be under the tutelage of Mr. Hauser Jr. Um, sometime in the mid-2000s. That's me. At Collegiate Institute. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a DJ, graphic designer, podcaster. Um, and I have a podcast called The Deke Cast. And that's uh, available on YouTube and everywhere else. Yeah, that was actually the first podcast I was ever on. Was wow, Decast. That's what got kind of. Uh, okay. That's what got this going. That's our origin story. I got inspired. Yeah, and now now look at us, all three of us here together. Man, I'm so honored. So yeah, let's uh, let's jump into baby baby. So uh, Derek, you were how old when this came out? I was. If this song, I believe the song came out in March. Uh, of 91 and I was born in June so I would be like two and a half or so this this song could have been written about you could have been it wasn't though uh, Amy Grant actually when she she was writing the lyrics she uh, she couldn't figure them out and uh, she looked at her six-week-old daughter at the time and and said something like oh baby baby and then proceeded to write the lyrics in about 10 minutes on this song yeah and the, this interesting origin story, because Keith Thomas, who's also producer, writes the music. Mm -hmm. I believe, I'm trying to think of what music he wrote. We're going to have to talk to Chris Newkirk, songwriter, about how much... I'm curious, I'm all, I'm all over the place here, but I'm curious about when you write the lyrics, does that mean you're writing the melody? Or does that mean you're just putting words to the melody? I or does think, the lyricist make up that melody? I think the lyricist just sort of puts words to the melody. Yeah, I think that's I think. the case. Okay. All right. So I don't understand it though. So it, yeah. it's it's like the bridge to us. Right. We don't we don't know what that is either. Well, so. I, I'm gonna try one out here. I okay. think the hook is that is do, it do, is, do 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 Yeah, that's in the pocket, yeah. Is, is is that the hook? Oh, you, Derek, the, is that the hook? Usually, the DJ? hook is the chorus. Oh, but but you could. There are many hooks to a song. That okay. could be one of the hooks. Okay, you could argue. 
So if, when you go fishing, you would use several lures. Mm-hmm. And we are fishing for music. And so we have several hooks. We're also fishing for the proper words to say. So the do 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 do. I think it's like the big selling point for me of this song. Like this is the thing that gets me in, so and that's how it starts off, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the very that's so the very beginning. It is a type of hook, regardless. Okay, thank I'll you. I'll say that. All right, great. Now validation. That's what we're here for. <laughs> this, this this whole thing is all about being validated. So you know, we need people to tell us that they that they like us. People to tell us that uh, what we're saying is in in fact, factual and and correct. Um, I'm just looking for someone to stroke my hair and tell me I'm pretty. Well, and if you're interested in stroking Frank's hair and telling him he's pretty, you can send a message to us through Facebook or Instagram or reach out to us on Twitter at a very generic account that just is set up to send bot messages about when we release episodes. Yeah, yeah. So let's... uh... (laughs) Okay, a little, little less about me. Let's let's talk about the song. Right. So Keith Thomas writes this song. I it's, am pretty though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Keith Thomas writes this song and he says to her, uh, Tammy Grant, you need to write the lyrics and it needs to be called Baby Baby. That's an interesting sort of demand to make, right? It's like, here's the song, now write the lyrics. But it has to say this, this it has to have this word in it or has yeah. to has to be called this specifically so she's kind of uh painted into a corner a little bit with the with the lyrics and that's where creativity happens in I corners think. in corners yeah and baby is like that quintessential pop lyric right so yeah. he probably had some sort of vision where he's like this is going to be a hit because yeah. it's called baby baby like yeah. we're gonna use it twice the yeah. biggest word in pop lyrics <laughs> you're right i would say that it's probably because it's used twice it's probably Twice as good as Justin Bieber's baby? Probably. Yep. I also know that Amy Grant was influenced by um, the Cher song, uh, I Got You, Babe. Was that Cher and... Oh, and, and Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono, yeah. yeah. That, so there's the Babe connection there. Oh, okay. good. You know? I didn't. Uh, I did not know that. Wikipedia did not tell me that. I I found out by watching the Arsenio Hall show when she came on that her very first concert was Sonny and Cher. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you remember the first time you heard this song? Um, oh, I was probably in grade eight, maybe. Well, 91. 91. Would I have been? Yeah. Or 14. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, grade eight to grade nine. Grade eight, grade nine, something like that. And I, and just, I probably heard it on the radio. And uh, it, it was one of those songs where it wasn't like super popular in my school, but I knew that I liked it. Like there was, there's just something so unoffensive about the song. Like it's, uh, and we, I mentioned this in in the in the Shanice episode. So you, if uh, you haven't listened to that one, you should listen to that that episode as well. But uh, it's it's like you can't not like this song. It's like not liking a kitten, right? <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. it, it, there's there's just something so wholesome and fun and clean and just it's it's a fun fun pop song. I 
I think it's the most wholesome song we've ever done. Yeah. And I don't, I can't imagine a more wholesome song. Yeah. Is it more wholesome than our meatloaf episode? Just by a little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a close second. Well, you guys have mentioned like wholesome song or safe music as being some of the guilt-free pleasures, right? So, Mm -hmm. so that seems to line up with what's creating these types of songs, right? They're safe. And they're accessible to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like, guilt-free pleasures is a safe place. <laughs> Have I been drinking? <laughs> Have I been drinking? Jeez. I'm all nervous with the podcast royalty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. That's a great advertisement for our show. We're, this, we're all about wholesome, yeah. fun, fun music. Yes, exactly. We really stretched it with that meatloaf episode, though. Yeah. Took our chances. Um, First time I heard this, I really remember hearing it was at a Christian resort in the summer of 91. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And so they were always playing Christian music. Yeah. And so this was kind of dicey. It was a crossover, and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of rumors about Amy Grant at the time. Yeah. So there was, like, she's... I brought this up in the previous immigrant episode that people were saying that she sold out and and that she's just looking for money. But the interesting backstory to this is that Word Records, who she was signed to for the Christian market. Now, she had an album called Age to Age that came out in 1982. It sold a million copies. Yeah. The first time ever for for contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. And so she was huge. And Word thought to themselves, I guess, that she needed more promotion and they thought that she could be bigger and they made a deal with A&M Records that A&M Records would distribute her stuff in secular stores which is unheard of for like a a record company to partner with another record company so so who sold out and did it for the money here well but this is it right if you listen to the album it sounds like a Christian album yeah I listened to it like okay she talks about God a lot it's yeah. just it's it's a wholesome album, right? Yeah, like it's it's a it's a clean again unoffensive album. Yeah, it's sold like crazy in both markets. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. quite a marketing move. Yeah, to be cynical. Where am I going here? Yeah. Somewhere. Um, anyways, I heard this at a Christian resort, and all the teens, the youth, were listening to it and being uh, edgy they're being edgy i think they thought they were being edgy too and i was like super um awkward and in grade eight just wanting to fit in and not fitting in it just didn't happen amy grant wasn't my entry point no i remember um back in i might be getting myself into trouble here for sharing a story that isn't mine but uh when i was in university a friend of mine was was dating this guy and they were hanging out, just like listening to music and, you know, alternative rock, whatever music was uh, was popular at the time. And then this song, Baby Baby, comes on, which completely does not fit the play mix at all. And, and she kind of looked over at him and just like, I used to have a girlfriend named Amy and I really like this song. Like, it was just like that kind of like sweet admission, just like, yeah, you know, even these like tough guys or cool guys... They can like this music too, right? And this that that gave me hope that I could, you know, tell people around the world that I like Baby Baby by Amy Grant. 
I did see a lot of even like metal heads online, for example, like saying, you know, I'm a metal head and so and so, and I like this song. Oh, like it's cool. very, it seemed very, you know, in a lot of different circles, like pretty accepted. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. And even our like our uh, favorite critic, Chris Newkirk from, yeah. from New Jersey, you'll hear it every once in a while on the show. I think he kind of gave the nod to yeah. Baby Baby. Yeah, I think so too. This song is very clearly about a baby. So yeah. usually like the baby songs, it has some sort of like, it's a, uh, is it a metaphor? I should know this. I think I taught you Simil- English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. So, like, uh, also kind of awkward. I've never referred to my spouse as baby I, or yeah. even honey. I don't even. I, it I, might I, be a metonym. A metonym. Yeah, metonym. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think that's a made-up word. Well, then it could be could be right. Could be. I gotta look up this man and know. So usually songs are about a baby, but it's about the person you're with. Yeah. But she's really singing about her baby. Yeah, I think so. And so reading the lyrics, like this doesn't sound like it's about a um mm-hmm. a relationship between two partners. Well, and and it's it's a it's a straight comparison song, right? Like Every every line that she she sings, she's comparing baby baby. You're, you're like this, or our love's like this, or nothing can stop this love. And when I was thinking about it, it was reminiscent right away to two songs that I that I really like: "My Girl" by The Temptations and uh, "Can't Get Next to You" by Al Green. Very similar in in terms of comparison songs, but obviously, "My Girl" and "Can't Get Next to You" are talking about the ladies. You know, there's a tidbit there. My girl has a key change in the song, and so does Baby Baby. Look at that. Okay. Now, is the key change that part where... Do, did we just get a new musical expert? Yes. I think <laughs> we have. I'm a BPM expert. Because okay. I heard you guys talk about BPMs. <laughs> so, if I could be the resident BPM expert. Perfect. Without yes. looking it up, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh is that with the with the U's, the different U's? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. So what she does is they go up and then they go back down and yeah. then they go up again and back down. They do it a couple times. And yes. as it gets closer to the end of the song, they it's shorter intervals by which they go up and back yeah. down. Okay. Yeah. It's subtle. It's, it's there's I have it written down in my notes actually. There's yeah, a few yeah. songs that people would recognize key changes from that are much more obvious, like um um, every Bon Jovi song. Every Bon Jovi song, right? <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Consult the notes here. Yeah. What do I have here? Oh, uh, yeah. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi mm-hmm. is one. That's like where the song just stops, then it just comes back oh, yeah. like way higher. And yeah. You're, you're like t- totally brought to a new place. Um, that's one. Um, I want to dance with somebody in Houston. Oh, okay. One. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Certain ones like that, people will, oh, yeah, I remember that where it gets yeah, brighter. Yeah. It gets, you know, yeah. it lifts up at the one part. But. This one's a little more subtle with Baby Baby. It kind of she she brings you through it with that with that lyric that yeah. you. So I love the way she sings the use each time. So like I was writing in my notes. These notes are terrible because it just <laughs> has use with a bunch of use that just cr- go across the page. And so I have like one, two, three. She does it three times. 
where's where she gives the ever since that day you put my heart in motion yeah it'll title the owl yep mm-hmm. but every time she uh does that so the first one she goes she gives it extended you at the like 123 mark yeah And then she comes back to this like shorter you the next time she does ever since the day you put my heart in motion thing when she gets a shorter you and then it goes to that musical interlude. Yes. Is that what we call it? A musical? Yes. That part I think it could be called a bridge. Okay, that's yeah. good. Oh, yep. good. Okay, there's our we bridge. We finally have someone that's going to explain yeah. what a bridge is <laughs> to us. All right. Now we just need someone that explains baseball to us. Well, yes. The, the bridge took us then to the key change. Yes. Because she repeats it ever since. And this is where she, she ends on that you. Because there's two U's. There's, there's a... Oh, man. I wish my notes were clearer. But <laughs> I just have take it to the top where she ends with a U yeah. and she goes up. Yeah. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I love those U's. That's like a thing for me in the song where... When I was a kid, I knew from what you she was saying where Which I was at. The, the exactly, because yeah. they're not all the same. Exactly, yeah. they're different. Yeah, I think it speaks to this such a simple song on some levels, but it's also complex. Like I was thinking about this as, as I kept listening to it, now it's stuck in my head the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. but uh, there are very like simple musical um, techniques that they use throughout like certain rests on certain beats or mm-hmm. uh, little drum fills and stuff like that that make it so interesting to listen to. But like that hook that you mentioned off the off the top, the, that's throughout the whole song essentially, and it kind of sounds like okay, it's repetitive. Or something, yeah. But it's really kind of nuanced the, the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really bright. Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. I wrote, I feel like the song is bright. So every time I hear that the the synth, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, you always get nervous when we say synth here. Yeah, I think yeah. synth is fine. It's a catch all. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, you know? yeah. See, thank <laughs> you. He's, I like this yeah, guy. He's a synth. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> So when they hear the synth, it just feels like it's getting brighter and brighter throughout the song. Yeah. And um, there's lots going on in the song. The um, production of it feels so of its time. Yes. Too? Yes. Super identifiable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1991. So this gets to number one in April and knocks off Wilson Phillips. Yeah. Which there's some comparisons to be made. Yeah. Although I, I feel Baby Baby holds better than... Than You're in Love. Yeah, for sure. It's got that heavy driving bass too. Yeah. yeah. For for such a bright light feeling song, it still yeah. has that kind of deep uh synthy bass, right? Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah, and I feel like the bass is kind of telling it where it's going, right? Like for the, sure. it's it's kind of directing traffic out there. Yeah. The cool thing is Keith Thomas does the synth and the bass. Oh, okay. According to your Wikipedia liner yeah. notes there. Yeah. <laughs> I 
have it on my notes here. It says bass, real, question mark, because it's kind of <laughs> synthy, but I'm like, it sounds like you must be playing a bass. I feel like it's keys. I feel like it's key, oh, okay. key bass. Yeah. Like, it's another thing with, like, say, the Seinfeld theme. Yeah. A lot of people thought that was a real stand-up bass, but that's a key. Really? That's keys yeah. being played. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Like, I think a lot of music is is like that, especially from that era, too, because that's when, like, yeah. everything was getting overproduced, which is another term that's been used in this podcast, yeah. I believe. Yeah. But uh, overproduction, yeah, I think is a theme of the early 90s and especially the 80s, of course, too. And that, that kind of caused a lot of debate and argument in the music world, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and then even the loudness wars, as they call it, when tracks just started getting louder and louder and everyone yeah. was competing for loudness. Yeah, yeah. Which we're at sort of a peak today um, oh, of loudness, yeah. like electronic dance music and that is yeah. so loud now. But That's why I stopped going to raves. It was just too loud. Yeah, yeah. You can only have so many earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a question for you guys about yes. the production of the song. Did yeah. you guys notice the guitars in the song? No. I, I wanted to ask that because only after listening to it about 12 times did I sort of listen a little deeper and realize there's these small guitar hits or riffs sort of in the background. Like they come in more so in the in the last bit uh, half of the song, but they're more like on the final beats of the of the stanzas and that. So okay. it, it's just kind of this subtle guitar. And if you listen to it again now, you'll, you'll, you'll okay. be listening for it. So you might yeah. know what I'm talking about. But yeah, we'll yeah. throw that on right well, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's interesting to have a guitar in a song that's not guitar focused. And this yeah. is 90s. So this is just yeah. giving way. But within the year, the keys are thrown out the window. Yeah. And it's all back to guitar. Yeah. Feels like anyways. Mm-hmm. Any favorite lyrics? Well, I'm going to say it before you do. But there's there's the one uh, there's the one verse in it. And she's she says, baby, baby, no muscle man could sever. My love for you is true and it will never. And then it breaks into the uh, chorus of the stop for a minute. So that 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 whole verse there, it it doesn't make any sense unless you have that chorus right afterwards. But that doesn't like that sort of transition doesn't happen anywhere else in the song. It was just like I, I feel like she just really wanted to say the word sever and what rhymes with sever? Never. It's like ah, how's this gonna work? And that—that's yeah. how that—that's how that lyric came about. <laughs> I think because she had the the lyric though, it will never stop. So then sever comes yeah. out of that. Oh yeah, and it's Maybe an interesting cho- from choice to, to rhyme sever and never. Yeah. For and it's also we talked about this before. This is also the my favorite lyric because I never knew it. But I guess I I know all these other lyrics. I know I talked about the uh, heart motion part. Yeah. But this one where she, where you read it as a sentence, no muscle man could ever sever my love for you is true and it will never stop for a minute. Like, okay, wait, wait, where's the sentence? What, where's it begin? Where's it end? Yeah. And this is a, I mean, there's not even a comma splice error. There's not no, even no, a no, comma no. here. It's just no. one run on. Yeah, it's, it's a run on sentence, right? But it works. Run on lyric sentence. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, again, that that's the equation. Music plus lyric equals song.
I like I'm jumping into categories here re- re- real quick, but uh, could you do this at karaoke? Would you do this at karaoke? I think it's out of my register, if that's a term. The key changes might be hard. Yeah. Right? Amy has actually dropped the key yes, that she sings she's it in. dropped it to oh, okay. perform it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She's older, older age. Yeah. yeah. It's tougher to play. I saw an interview with her, and she goes, yeah, I dropped the key. And the guy interviewing her goes, well, why would you do that? And she just looks at him. She goes, I'm in my 60s. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> the guy's like, oh, oh, okay. It's just a... I, I I find it hard to reconcile that Amy Grant is in her 60s. In, in my mind, she's still just baby, baby. She doesn't age, look right? in her 60s. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe they were right at the Christian Resort. Maybe she made a deal with someone. She yeah. hasn't aged. Yeah. Uh-huh. There we go. There. Yeah. Also, I just going to say, she seems like a bit of a workaholic. So it is surprising in that light. Like, she does so many extracurricular things, yeah. it seems. With day camps. So she's some sort of archery instruction she does. And she's, oh, really? She's into some sort of, like neurological enhancement technology where they she sits with you and she meditates or something with really? you like yeah it's this some guy did his research oh i really yeah, went incredible. a little deep on amy grant yeah wow yeah she i forget the name of it now maybe we'll have to edit it in or something i'm not sure but it's some guy that she connected with years ago who had this technology so does so he says to i don't want to call it regression or anything like that but it's sort of this neural mirroring or something they call it okay. uh, which sounds like some sort of psychological technique that's maybe not in the literature like they just kind of made it up or something yeah this guy sort of went off the grid and didn't you know gave up on his research and she single-handedly got him to come back to the scene wow and team up with her to bring back his technology to sort of help she wants to help people with it oh who've cool. been through trauma or whatever holy cow so wow amy, amy grant yeah. just a stand-up person fast track to the hall of fame Wow. Good for her. And here's a th- an interesting thing with Millie, the mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Millie's the one who gave her kidney to her friend. Oh, really? Yeah. Donate her kidney. And apparently- Wait, so Millie gave her kidney or Millie gave Amy Grant's kidney? Uh, no, she... Uh, yeah, that yeah that didn't come out right. She, uh, she, so uh, Millie gave one of her kidneys. Yeah. No, g- Millie, gave, Millie gave Millie's kidney. To uh, one of her to friends. To Amy Grant. <laughs> to, to, no, uh, Amy Grant's daughter, Millie, has, has two friend, kidneys. Has, a, has had two kidneys. Yes. She gave one of those kidneys to her friend who needed a kidney. And Amy was was shocked that her daughter would make this decision, was so incredibly brave of her, and said through Millie giving her kidney away and being in the hospital, this helped her patch things up with Gary Chapman, her ex-husband, her first oh, okay. husband. And so she was there with Vince Gill, yep. stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. And and then there's Gary Chapman and his spouse as well. And it, it had turned out that through the Millie giving her kidney away, that they were able to sort of make reconcile, a, reconcile to some oh, wow. degree. And, to, and so and Vince Gill was just said he'd given tickets to his concert and it was just like a really positive thing. Wow, that's fantastic. Where do we go? Where do from we go from here? There? Oh, I got something. <laughs> okay, great. Um, to put some context to this, because we were talking about when you heard it, like, you can't really ask me, Derek, yeah. when I heard it, 
because yeah. I was three. So it's part of the musical pieces in my mind. They're just primordial ooze, like from the beginning of time, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like just some early Tribe Called Quest, some Amy Grant, like just mixed in there. Uh, I just, it's always been in my life, this song, right? Yeah. Um, so, but what events do you guys remember like were happening? Because I, I did some research on this as well. And uh, current events wise, you had the first Gulf War had just taken yeah, place that's right, right before yeah. this song came out. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize that the first Gulf War was like a week or whatever, like yeah. however long it was. It, I thought like I thought it was much longer, but it was an operation, right? Desert Storm. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with sort of the, the air out there and the sort of po- positive song coming out and people digging that. I think in 91. So what's happening in 91? Well, Clinton's not president yet. No. So that's an interesting because the Gulf War happens. And it was like one of those like for us, it seemed like an easy win, and it was sort of a sign that the West was oh yeah, West set. was dominant, and that, right they, there, and they yeah. did, they knew what they're doing. They did the right thing. Kuwait was being oppressed, and as the years have gone on, it has not aged as well as this song. Has. A little murky, murky hey, yeah, to say it. the very least. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, it's because I was in grade eight. It's such a transition. Yeah. A time. And grade eight was like maybe the worst school year of my life, tied maybe with grade seven. Not an easy time for yeah. Bill Hauser. So this maybe also symbolized the hope of getting out of <laughs> <getting laughs> junior high and just having a shot at redemption in high school. Yeah. So, which I did. Yeah. Because I met Frank two years later. Well, that's right. And then the podcast. History was made. Pod- yeah. Then 30 years later, the podcast happens. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're, it's been a slow build. Yeah, <laughs> so not to hang on geopolitics too much, but there's another thing: the collapse of the Soviet Union was oh, just sort of yeah. it was brewing, and then I yeah. guess it it's sort of uh, you know the dominoes were falling, and I guess '92 was sort of the official. Oh, that's time a good that call. Happened. So I don't know. I just lo- I learned those things. You know, such the time a positive there and song from from such, from a, such tumultuous a tumultuous yes, era, yes. right? Well, and I guess that's it. You want to ignore the stuff going on around you. Well, yeah, you you always remember the good stuff, right? Like, yeah. and, and then the the stuff. Well, not that the fall of the Soviet Union is like was necessarily a a bad thing, um, but you know, but it highlighted that highlighted stuff. yeah some yeah, of the atrocities yeah. that right, that right. were happening and and, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, you you. Yeah, you you focus you focus on the good things, right, and the the fun stuff. And at that age, for for me, it was probably more. Well, I was fourteen. I couldn't have been that fun. <laughs> no. no. What am I saying? <laughs> Why did I even like this song? <laughs> I, I might not have liked this song actually when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of the time, the Grammy Awards. I want to talk about. The different nominations. So this was up for Grammys. Mm-hmm. Also, the Grammy Award performance. She gets on stage and she oh, sings, and with, then Millie comes with Millie, out yes. yeah, yeah, at the right. end. Yeah. And when I was watching it, Amy didn't seem as joyful as I would think that the song would call for. But being a father of a three-year-old, the idea of my son coming out when he was two would have been insane because he would have just gone. He would have just gone to pull, pull down the drum set or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they're all synths. So whatever yeah. synths he, he just start playing them. And so when I saw your daughter come out, I'm like one is how did the daughter know to come out? It's like ten o'clock or yeah. well, let's see wherever they are. It's still late enough that yeah. daughter probably should have been in bed. She walked over and Amy Grant just like picks her up and dances with her. Yeah. But it was like okay, we made it through. You could see the Amy Grant's like, <gasps> yeah, we got through this. Yeah. So here it is. She got nominated for uh, Song of the Year. So I'm going to just 
uh, go through a couple things. So song of the year. Um, she, it, the winner, Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole, That's unforgettable. Right, yeah. Unfor- yeah. Terrible, terrible <laughs> choice because it's basically unforgettable. Natalie Cole yeah, just singing over singing, top yeah. of it. I c- can't handle that. But here's who she was up against. Everything I do, I do it for you. Brian Adams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then Losing My Religion, R.E.M. Mm-hmm. And Frank, special one for you, Walking in Memphis, Mark Cohen. Yes. Wow. That's such a good song. Who did win uh, for New Artist of the Year. New Artist of the Year, yeah. Over Boys to Men, CNC Music Factory, Color Me Bad, and Seal. That's right. Just want right, to put yeah. that out there. And then for Album of the Year, Heart Emotions in there, loses, of course, to Natalie Cole singing alongside her yeah. father. Then she's also up against Bonnie Raitt's Luck of the Draw. Yeah. R.E.M. Out of Time. And Rhythm of the Saints by Paul Simon. Grammys don't always get it right. In fact, they rarely get it right. Yeah. You heard that. Come at me, Grammys. Do you know who also doesn't get things right? MTV. MTV refused to play the music That's video. That's right, yeah. According to, I believe, Wikipedia. Yeah. Until they had no choice because the people demanded it. Yeah. It was being played all over the place. Yes. Now, why did they refuse? I think they just didn't think it was boring, would... or they just it wasn't MTV. The video quality. is so clean; oh, it's yeah. also Very clean. super bright, yeah, which mm-hmm. matches the song. And she's yeah. just dancing with this model, which yeah. is kind of a nice sort of uh, turnaround where the guy is just the model. Yeah, I mean it's no wicked game, well, so they're just well, kind of like geez. doing. <laughs> so is there just... anything that's really wicked games? No, she's just kind of making jokes and yeah. dancing around this guy. As Wikipedia says they're cavorting. Cavorting. I let's do a podcast for the interview the guy. Yeah, yeah, just this year actually. He's he's still a model, still oh, wow. doing quite well. Good for him. Yeah, still really good looking. Um, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Did you like the video? It's like a kitten. You can't not like it. You can or you can't hate it. I mean, it was fun and and it suited the song. It's not overly memorable necessarily they didn't do a 4k version because the one i got looks like someone uploaded their vhs onto yeah. youtube not impressed uh word a and m we got two record companies come on yeah you can do this yeah <laughs> uh but i'm not i don't i remember watching like not really it's like forgettable also not something yeah. i want to rewatch. yeah it's just kind of background right do you think it would be better if there were actual babies in the video Oh, like a look who's talking situation. I think that came out in 1991 too. Uh, that's a, it, I think it did. I think 1991 was a, big year, it was for a big year for babies. Yeah, yeah. might have been look who's talking too. <laughs> too yeah. yeah. Now I have a question there though. Was yeah. is it not part of the motive of the song to have it not only be pigeonholed into being about the baby, right? Because I actually didn't know until you sent me the song. Yeah. I looked up a bit about it and realized, oh, it's about her baby. I didn't know. I always heard the song and just thought, oh, it's some pop song. Like, yeah. And I'd never seen the video either or whatever. But, yeah. you know, I guess the idea is not to, uh, you know, corner it. And-, and you're right. Originally, I had written down mm. terrible video. Then I, read, <laughs> then I read the MTV thing. I'm like, I don't want to be on MTV side. Yeah. Therefore, I like this video. Yeah. And then I also thought if I was a record company, I would also say, um, no, no, no. You're, you want to appeal to yes. everybody. Yeah. Right. All right. Should we we go to category? Do we have anything? Do we have any uh, categories or anything? I have some things written down. Did you guys notice uh, this in your research that she lost some master copies in the Sony Fire, the 2008 oh. Sony Fire? Oh, no. Yeah. And if I don't know if people don't remember the Sony Fire, yeah. I had to look yeah. it up as well. There but was it was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff lost, and yeah. it was caused by. 
some guy putting up shingles and heating the shingles with a blowtorch, and then he left without making sure they were cool enough. And a fire slowly emerged. Uh, Yeah, which caused a lot of issues for Sony and a lot of artists. Yeah. But the Canadian, our Canadian friends at Tragically Hip, their masters were saved. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing that. They thought they were gone and they weren't. They're hidden in caves in Michigan. Was that the case? Yeah, they're in caves. Yeah, sometimes they'll put, because it needs to be in this sort of dark, cold place. Yeah. So they just found the cave and just hucked them in. So yeah, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls and they found the Tragically Hip's uh, second album. I didn't know that's how you put shingles on. I didn't know. There must be some sort of special heatable shingles that conform to it. I'm I'm wondering, um, not necessarily shingles, but it could have been like a torch down applied roof. Uh, This is where my construction background is coming Ah. at. So that's typically what what, uh, what ends up happening. Or sometimes with like a tar applied roof, the kettle that is heating up the tar actually catches on fire and flashes and burns entire buildings down. How big is a kettle? Like what type of uh, it's size? like like if if you were to think of a cartoon witch. Yeah. Like about that size, <laughs> cauldron size. Oh okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not like a kettle for making tea. No, okay. Got it. Okay. For, well, this is well what wow. Great this research. Is, this is a this, lot of informative stuff going on. Hey, I thought I was going to come shorthanded. I yeah. thought I, <laughs> you're you're picking up a lot of slack here. You're you're basically your back's going to hurt after this one. No, I'm happy us. to do so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. All right, I got a couple categories, not a ton. Did you think about uh, songs? If you were to make a mixtape, was there any songs the you'd add? The one song to go that with I, I, I was going to um, add to it was actually the song that it knocked off for number one was uh, "You're in Love" with, oh, by wow. Wilson Phillips. I think I think they're complementary songs. I think they have a similar sort of feel and sound about them. I was thinking like bright songs, so "Walking on Sunshine." Oh, okay. I would match with "Baby Baby." Yeah. Also, I thought about songs that people wrote about their kids as songs. So I'm thinking like a Stevie Wonder, you were the sunshine of my life yeah. or isn't she lovely would fit with okay. baby baby. Yeah. That makes sense. That's uh, that's all I got on the mixtape. It's tough to think of. The sh- it should be easier. Yeah. I, I have one. I'm not sure. You guys let me know if I'm off base okay. on this one, yeah. but black yeah. or white by Michael Jackson. And the only reason I say that is because I think it came out in the, either the same year or sometime around that. And it's more of a sonic thing where the bass kind of sounds the same, like the tone of it. And okay. it's kind of bright. I mean, the lyrics and stuff are all very different and yeah. the vibe is different. But I think the time period is the same. And it just yeah. kind of for some reason reminded me of the tone of that. Uh, I could see that on the same tape. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I had, uh, let's see. Could Michael Bolton sing this song? Nope. I think he could. Well, yeah, he could, but should he? It would be pretty fun to watch him go for it. Okay, how about Celine Dion? She might just blow the song apart. Like, there's just so much power in that tiny body. So Amy Grant is, like, self-described as not a great singer. Mm -hmm. I I like her as a singer. I think she's fine, She says she has her own limitations. She loves, like, Joni Mitchell. She had things, uh, Carol King, those are the people she sort of admired a lot. And I saw an Oprah Winfrey episode where she had to sit next to Mariah Carey and Aaron Neville (laughs) after the day after the Grammys. They talked about Grammys and all this stuff. But she was way more um, 
personable with the crowd, yeah. which is like kind of setting up her sort of future career anyways. But yeah. Mariah Carey is, she's not totally comfortable. Yeah, because she's still young at she's that She's very point, young. Right? Yeah. And then Aaron Neville's just not, barely even talking. They had yeah. to keep trying to, and he would just like sing Ave Maria and stuff for people. Yeah. But he was still wearing that jean jacket. Um, but she uh, she talked about, um, she joked about not being listening like Mariah Carey and stuff. So I feel like these songs are tailor-made to her style of singing yeah. and her, her intonation and her own sort of, the way her voice works. I, well, that's what's appealing about the song and the way she sings it, I think, is that it's 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 not overly sung. Yeah, mm. that's her style. I th- yeah, I find exactly. Right? It's, it's just singing the exact, but it's not b- in a boring sense. No, like she does the like you just said the exact right intonations or, wh- or whatever yeah. needs needs to be done, but doesn't overdo it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Amy, way to go! Good job, nailed it. Yep, first try. <laughs> All right, I don't usually have like. Could this be a Hallmark movie? I don't know. Like, well, well don't, it would it, be a Hallmark be, movie. It is. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel the question. The question is, I think. I think this this song might be too clean for a Hallmark movie. <laughs> That's right. We, yeah, it doesn't have any. Uh, uh, There's no conflict. No in conflict. It. That's my only. That's my 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 biggest uh, my biggest criticism of this song. No conflict. There could be a public school talent show. Uh, dance to this for oh, yeah. sure with like sign language and stuff yeah. for sure okay new category I right. just said to Frank uh, when I got in here can this be a jingle and what for so Ooh. could this be a jingle I think the obvious answer is yes and what would you sell with baby baby mm. I mean the 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 low hanging fruit is uh, diapers baby I was wipes just gonna baby, say baby yes. food something yes, like I that think that is the low hanging yeah. fruit yeah yeah I was thinking a cleaning product of some kind, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that, that works for sure. Well, a cleaning product that's safe for kids. So yeah. ba- ah. basically the stuff that Jessica Alba sells. Yeah. The Honest Company. Like Johnson & Johnson's edible soap or something like that, right? Oh, Frank, Johnson & Johnson. No, 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 no. We're, Derek's not getting Johnson & Johnson. He's getting Honest Company. Stuff. No, but it's edible soap, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just didn't even catch that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's uh, well, I guess technically all soap is edible. It's just whether you should. It tastes good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, we didn't talk about the cover version. Yes, that, that she that's, has this, yeah, because you did some. Yeah, she has this cover. Well, I don't know. You call it a cover because she's on. She's on the the record, but mm-hmm. with uh, Tori Kelly, I believe is her name. She's American Idol. Um, yeah, I don't know. If she's a winner, but she yeah. was just part of she one of the a contestant season. at the very least. Right. Sounds like a great singer. Um, that sort of modern style of singing. Um. And How do you this, like it? I, you know, I really actually enjoyed it. Like, usually I'm pretty critical as a DJ of yeah. those types of things. But as a DJ, I would totally use this this new version for, like, say, a wedding or, like, uh, you know, some whatever application. I think it totally works and it uses those modern production elements of drums and, you know, the more, more produced sound. It made me think of uh, that overproduction concept and uh, just the the tones and the sort of 
timbres, the timbres of, of music have really changed from the early 90s to now. Like mm. things can be overproduced now, but not sound bad because overproduction is like almost a part of a lot of new music. Like right. you want that overproduction, but we're able to make it so tweaked and, and you know, sound so great now with all this like technology that they do in engineering and stuff yeah. that overproduction doesn't really matter. As long as you're not throwing too many elements into the song, yeah, right. you can produce it in such a way that it's, it's just, you know, yeah, it's good. Because I was going to ask, where, where when would Derek play this baby baby song? Like where, as DJ... What, I, what's I would, your DJ moniker? Is it uh, Deke? Uh, DJ Deke. I, yeah. I've, and I've lengthened my name to Decatello, which is sort of right. an honorary uh, combination with Donatello from the Ninja Turtles. Nice. Um, because I'm the nerd of the of my group, and so I represent Donatello in that group. Yeah. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and you fight with that big stick. Yeah, yes. How well, yeah. When I was a kid, I used a, a meter stick as, uh, as my weapon. So uh, that kind of matched up. But uh, I would play it, you know, at like some sort of safe public event like say like some sort of winery thing or yeah. something like uh, some business event or something like that that's you know it, it crosses a bunch of age ranges you know um, people recognize it but it can also be hip for the younger crowd because it's got that newer sound yeah, yeah. all right good okay nice. well i taught derek grade 11 or 12 english maybe both maybe both yeah, yeah back in uh 2007 2008 some, somewhere around that yeah well, I got to say, the, the amount of research you've done here, the or the um, the presentation you've also made, I've I've gone back to your marks, and I'm going to raise your independent study by twenty percent. Wow! So <laughs> well, I knew I would make up for yeah. it one day. Yeah. So welcome to the honor roll. Wow. Welcome to the guilt-free pleasure honor roll as well. You are always welcome here at the Winchester. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I would love to be back. This has been such an honor. Yeah, Derek. Thanks for thanks for coming out. This has been uh, fantastic. Thanks for uh, showing us what research looks like. <laughs> Frank has been inspired. <laughs> and I just want to say, if you ever don't know what a term means in music, it's all about how you feel. It doesn't matter about the, the theory and all that. If you feel it's a bridge, it's a bridge. If you feel it's a hook, it's a hook. I That's like what this I guy more and more. We uh, we we wish you well. We really mean this to it. So oh, yeah. I guess we wish you well in the next month and a half as you get ready for the birth of your baby baby. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.